All right, let's take our Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter number 24. While you're turning and finding your place in the Word of God, we'd like to wish everyone that is watching and listening a happy Easter. And we thank you for uh, joining us today around the Word of God. And we hope that today is a special day as we think about our Savior on this Resurrection Sunday. And we hope you enjoy time with your family, enjoying time in the services with us around the Word of God. Luke chapter 24 and begin reading in verse number 1. The Bible says, Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came into the sepulchre, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulchre, and they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered in the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, as we bow in your presence, Lord, once again, as we come to the throne of grace and mercy, we do come in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity we do have this morning to celebrate the resurrection of our Savior. I pray, Father, now that you'll bless the reading of thy word. I pray that you'll help the hearts of those that are watching and listening. I ask that the Holy Spirit would do the work that only he can do. And for what you do now, we'll thank you and we'll praise you. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen. I want to draw your attention to verse number 1, where the Bible says, Now upon the first day of the week. We know that to be Sunday, to be the first day of the week. And in our text here, we know that this first day of the week was Easter Sunday. It was Resurrection Sunday. Jesus is alive and well in chapter number 24. And what I want you to notice in verse number 24 or verse number 1 of chapter 24 is the Bible says, Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning. As we think about this morning in this text here, I notice here the agony of the morning. The Bible says that they came unto the sepulcher bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. Now if you want to know who that is, verse number 10 says it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and other women that were with them which told these things unto the apostles. And we notice that they have come to the sepulcher. It's a, a morning of agony here. And the agony of this morning is because that they are not expecting Jesus to be alive. They're expecting to find the dead body of our Savior. They saw Him on the cross as He was crucified, as He suffered and He died. And they watched Him die that day. And so they're coming to prepare the body of Jesus, the dead body of our Savior, the agony of this morning. And then there's the answers to their mystery. In verse number 2, the Bible says, and they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. Now they're coming to the sepulcher here and they're expecting to find the stone in front of the sepulcher. They're expecting to, uh, to find this barrier. No doubt they're probably wondering how they are going to remove this stone. I, I think about the determination of these women as they come here on this morning because they're so determined that nothing is going to stand between them and the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. No doubt the determination that 
whatever they had to do, no matter how long it would take, they were going to get to where Jesus was. And I think that that ought to be the same determination all of our life. You say, well, why were they so determined, preacher, when there was such a barrier? They had to know that they would not have the strength to move this within themselves. But it was love that that brought them to this tomb. It was love that made them determined to to get to where Jesus was. And so I, I think that's an important truth. But there's the answers to their mystery because when they get there, the Bible said they found the stone rolled away. And no doubt uh, this was a mystery to them. It was a mystery how they would get in the tomb. But it was an even a greater mystery uh, to see the stone was rolled away. But the answer to the mystery of how they were going to get in was already taken care of. The stone had been rolled away. And you've heard it said many times that the stone was not rolled away so that Jesus could get out, but it was rolled away so that we could get in. And thank God that they were able to get in that day. And so there's the agony of the morning. There's the answers to their mystery. And then notice in verse number 3, there's the absence of the Master. As the Bible said that, and they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. You know, when they got to the tomb that day, there's some things that they did find. Verse 2 says they found the stone rolled away. They found the seal had been broken. They found that the soldiers had been defeated. But what they did not find was the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says that in verse number 3. And there's the absence of the master here. Then notice in verse number 4, there's the anxiety of their minds. As the Bible said, it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Now these women are perplexed. No doubt their anxiety level has went up greatly because they don't know where Jesus is. They can't find the body of Jesus. And so there's the anxiety of their mind. There's a lot of questions going on in their mind. What has happened? What has taken place? Who has taken him away? Where is he at? Who has his body? And you know, the anxiety in their mind was because of a failure to remember the Word of God. And we'll say more about that later. But there's a lot of anxiety that comes to our self. We're perplexed many times in life and we have a lot of questions because of a failure to remember the words of our Savior or the Word of God. And so we see the anxiety of their minds. And then there's the appeal of these men in verse number 5. As these men that stood by them in shining garments, they said uh, as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? So these men make an appeal. Why seek life in dead places? Why are you looking? Jesus is alive. Why, why are you looking, uh, seek ye the living among the dead? You know, I think about in this world today, there's a lot of people that are looking for life in dead places. They're looking for life in the end of a bottle or they're looking for life, uh, uh, you know, in an abortion a clinic, uh, uh, trying to find some, some, ha- some peace of mind at, at, in life. They're, they're looking for life in some perverted lifestyle. But you can't find life in dead places, friend. And that's what they were doing. They come here. Why seek ye the living among the dead. And so there's the appeal of these men. But then there's the announcement of their message. They know that these women don't understand. They know that they have a lot of questions and anxiety. They know that they're full of fear and perplexity. So they make the announcement in verse number 6 here that He is not here, but He's risen. And when you think about this announcement here, why seek you the living among the dead? He is not here, but He is 
risen. They want these women to be reminded that Jesus is alive. And that's what this morning, that's what Easter Sunday is all about. It's about us celebrating the birth of our, or the resurrection of our Savior. Uh, listen, we are celebrating the fact that Jesus is alive, that He is resurrected, that thank God uh, He is not dead, He is alive. And we notice here not only the announcement of their message, but, but we see here the awakening of their memory. Look what uh, they say in verse number 6. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee. And he said these words, The Son of Man, in verse 7, must be delivered in the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And notice verse number 8, And they remembered his words. So in verse number 6, they said, Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee. And verse number 8 says, And they remembered His words. The awakening of their memory. In other words, what these angels wanted these women to do was to remember the resurrection. Remember the resurrection. I, I want to preach on that thought a few minutes this morning on remembering the resurrection. You see, that's what today is all about. That's why you've gathered your family together. That's why we worship on Sunday, every Sunday, not just Easter Sunday, but when we walk through the doors of our church on, on Easter Sunday, when we gather our families together around the Word of God on Sunday, you know what we're doing? We're remembering. We're worshiping and remembering the resurrection. And so that's what the message is about today. That's what Sunday is about today. That's what Easter is about. We're remembering the resurrection. The world thinks that Easter is about eggs and a bunny rabbit and, and, and the things of this world. They've always got an alternative uh, to something rather than something spiritual. But you and I know that what Easter Sunday is about, it's about the resurrection of our Savior. And we remember His resurrection on this day as we think about the angels here, and we think about their message to the women. It was a message of resurrection. It was a message of remembrance. Remember the resurrection. As we think about that, I want you to notice in verse 6 and 7 that there are five things here that we can remember concerning the resurrection. These five things is what the angels wanted them to remember this day. And they're also what you and I ought to remember. The first thing uh, that we should remember concerning the resurrection is the empty tomb. Notice the Bible said in verse number 6, He is not here. But what a message this morning. As What a message to these women on this morning. As they come to the tomb and the angels are standing there inside the tomb beside them, they deliver the message and that message is the tomb is empty. Now the women could see that within themselves. They didn't have to have the angels to tell them that. But the angels made that declaration not just for them but for us. The tomb is empty. That is the Easter message that the tomb is empty. And that message needed to be sound it out that day and it needs to be sounded out today. That's still the message for the world today is the empty tomb. According to Matthew chapter number 28 and verse number 11 down to verse number 15 we know that that tomb was guarded. We know that the soldiers was there. We know that the stone was put upon that uh, uh, in front of that tomb. We know that the seal was put upon that but the soldiers and the stone and the seal could not keep Jesus inside. The tomb is empty and I'm glad this morning 
morning that we preached that message that the tomb is empty. If you go to the tomb of Buddha, the tomb is not empty. If you go to the tomb of Mohammed, the tomb is not empty. But if you go to the tomb of Jesus and people go there every day and visit that tomb, we know that the tomb is empty. And I want to say nothing could keep Jesus inside that tomb. And that's the first thing as we remember the resurrection that we are to remember is that the tomb is empty. Thank God the tomb is empty this morning. That means that we do not serve a dead Jesus. Amen. We do not worship a dead God. And so we see here as they remember the resurrection, they remember the empty tomb. A second thing that I want you to notice here concerning remembering the resurrection is not only the empty tomb, but what about the exciting truth? Amen? The exciting truth. Notice in verse number 6, the Bible says, He is not here, but is risen. That's an exciting truth when you think about that. I mean, as these women are standing there, and the angel says, He is not here. If that was all the message was, that would just create more anxiety. They could see that he was not there. And that would be not a victorious message as they, if they was to say that he is not here, period. But that's not the end of the Easter message. The tomb is empty. He is not here. But there's an exciting truth. He's alive. He's risen from the dead. Thank God Jesus is alive. That's an exciting truth. I think about uh, after the resurrection, after this announcement that the angels make, how that Jesus showed himself over and over again to prove that this exciting truth that he was alive. In John chapter number 20 and verse number 11, we know that that he first appeared to Mary Magdalene. In Matthew chapter 28, we notice in verse number 9 and 10 that he appeared to the other women. In Luke chapter number 24, our text here, if you read past it, you know that he appeared to the two disciples on the Emmaus road. And then we notice in verse number 34 of this chapter that he appeared to Peter also. We notice in verse number 36 that he appeared to the apostles. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 7, he appeared to his half-brother James. We notice that uh, that a week later in John chapter number 20 that he appeared to the apostles again, especially for Thomas's sake. And then he appeared to seven of the apostles in John chapter number 21 on the Sea of Galilee. We notice in Acts chapter number 1 that Jesus appeared to the apostles that day as he ascended back up into the heavens. You say, what are you saying preacher? I'm saying that there is uh, listen, proof that Christ is risen. That Jesus showed himself unto the disciples in Acts chapter number 9 he appeared to the apostle Paul as the Paul gave record of that count that Jesus was not dead but that he was risen. So we have proof after proof that we serve a Savior that has risen from the dead. And that's what we remember on the resurrection is that Christ is alive, that the tomb is empty. Thank God for the empty tomb, but thank God for the exciting truth. His body was not stolen. It was not taken somewhere else and placed in another tomb or another grave. But thank God the tomb is empty. But the exciting truth is that Jesus Christ is alive. And so 
He wanted them to remember the resurrection, the empty tomb, the exciting truth, but then the extra teaching. Notice in verse number 6 here, that's what they wanted them to remember and that's what Jesus wants us to remember is the extra teaching concerning the resurrection. They said, remember how He spake unto you when He was yet in Galilee. In other words, Jesus taught them this over and over This is not something that was new to them that day. Uh, They did not have to be introduced to the resurrection. All they had to be uh, had to uh, had to be done was they needed they just needed to be uh, they just need to be reminded of the resurrection. In other words, uh, uh, you and I this morning uh, we're just being reminded of this truth that has been taught down through the ages. Our Savior taught it to them, and it's been taught to us. Matthew chapter twelve and verse number forty. Jesus said this: For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And then in Matthew chapter number 16 and verse number 21 the Bible says from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. In Matthew chapter 17 the Bible says and while they abode in Galilee Jesus said unto them the son of man shall be betrayed in the hands of men and they shall kill him and the third day he shall rise again and they were exceeding sorry. In Matthew chapter number 20 Jesus said behold we go up to Jerusalem and the son of man shall be betrayed unto the chief priests and unto the scribes and they shall condemn him to death and shall deliver him to the Gentiles to be mocked and 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 to be scourged and to crucify him and the third day he shall rise again. And finally in Matthew chapter 26 in verse number 1 the Bible says and it came to pass when Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said unto his disciples, you know that after two days in the feast of the Passover and the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. So this is not a truth that needed to be introduced to them. It's a truth that just needed to be reminded. Uh, they need to be reminded of. This was something that they heard Jesus say over and over again. And so there was extra teaching. You know, I'm glad that God does not leave us in the dark, but I'm glad that the Bible gives us light. Just as Christ the Word of God Himself, uh, the living Word, gave them light. The written Word of God gives us light. And you and I can open our Bibles today. We can turn to Matthew chapter uh, 28. We can turn to the book of Mark. We can read in the book of John. We can read in the book of Luke. We can go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and many, many other passages throughout the Word of God and we can be reminded that Jesus is not dead, but thank God He's alive again. Amen? I think about John the Revelator in Revelation chapter number 1 and verse number 7. As Jesus appeared to him, he said, Behold, I'm he that liveth and was dead, and I'm alive forevermore. John saw a living Savior. He saw a resurrected Savior. And so we see here that as we remember the resurrection, we remember the empty tomb. We remember the exciting truth. We remember the extra teaching. And then we remember the extreme torture. Look at verse number 7. The Bible says, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered in the hands of sinful men and be crucified. You know, you and I cannot think about the resurrection this morning without thinking about the torture of Calvary, without thinking about all that Jesus went through, the agony, the pain, the suffering. We think about all that He faced on that day. We think about uh, the cross within itself, the scourging post. 
You know that Jesus was uh, taken into, uh, he was taken by the soldiers. He was taken before the chief priests, the scribes. Then he was taken to Pilate, to Herod, and then back to Pilate again. And finally he was scourged and then he was crucified at Calvary. And as we consider all of this, we think about the resurrection. We also think about the death. We think about all the agony that our Savior went through, the suffering, the pain of the scourging post, how that they would take a, a one and they would tie him to the rack, those iron pillars. And they would tie his hands and they would stretch out his arms and, and they would till every muscle and every tendon was, was as tight as it could be. And that lictor would take that flagellum that is known as the cat of nine tails and he would peel back the, the, the flesh. He would oftentimes give 13 stripes down the right side of his shoulder talk, working on the shoulder blade and working on the rib cage on the outer side of that rib cage and then would give 13 stripes down the left side and would work on that other shoulder and work down on that rib cage and leave the center of that back, that spinal column and, and would leave that, uh, would leave that uh, intercourse for the very last so that he could prolong the agony and that lictor uh, would take that flagellum, that cat of nine tails, and he would work down that spinal column, and very meticulously he would peel back the flesh, and then he would work his way into the muscles and the tendons, and and down into the the intricles, and very cautious, very uh, meticulously he would would pull out those intricles just enough to to expose them, but yet still allow the bleeding. And history says that many men would die at the scourging post; that they would gnaw off their tongue. Because because of the pain, because of the, of the agony of that. And, and so when you think about the torture, just of the scourging post, and then the torture of the crown of thorns, that, those, that they would pierce and they would put it upon his head and they would take that reed and beat, it, uh, beat him upon the top of that head. The humility as they would spit upon him as a, a band of soldiers anywhere from four to 600 men surrounded our Savior. And I believe that the body of our Savior was literally drenched in the slava. And I don't want to be gross, but when you think about the, when you think about the, the slava of sinful men running down the face and, the, and mingling with the holy blood of our Savior and running down His back and dripping off His chin and His chest, the, oh, listen, the stench that, that come off of our Savior uh, the, from the slava of men as they spit upon Him and they mocked Him and they beat that crown of thorns into His head and then they, they bruised His face as they smote upon His body and His smote upon his face the, the bruises and the blood that was dripping uh, from our Savior. What a torturous event Jesus went through as they would take and they humiliated him. The shame of the nakedness of the cross as his body was fully exposed as Jesus was taken and hung on the cross for all to see. I think about the spikes that was in his hands and his feet that would cause our Savior to be at a place that, uh, that He would have to pull up, feeling the, the pain of those nerves as they ran through His body, the shock waves of pain. Uh, it was a torturous event. So much could be said about uh, the cross this morning. Why we're not emphasizing just Calvary, we're emphasizing the resurrection today, but how can we not think about the, the torturous event of all that Jesus went through? And then, not just the, 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 uh, the event of the cross, but you think about the cup that He drank from. That bitter cup, the cup of sin, the dregs of sin, such a holy God, such a holy Savior. He that knew no sin, the Bible said, He became sin. He literally 
became our sin that day at Calvary as He suffered the pain and the agony, the separation of the cross uh, uh, from, from His Father as He cried out, My God, my God, why hast Thou forsaken me? The darkness of that hour as God turned His face away from His Son as He bore the sins of humanity. What, we say, what we're saying this morning is when we think about the resurrection, when we remember that resurrection, yes, we remember the empty tomb, and yes, we remember the exciting truth and the extra, uh, the extra teaching of, the, of, the, of, of how Christ taught that over and over. And we have been taught the resurrection time and time again. But we must remember the extreme torture of how much Jesus must, loved, uh, must have loved us and how much He still loves us today to go through the agony of the cross for you and I. Then I think about this morning not only the extreme torture, but I think about the exact time when I remember the resurrection Notice what the Bible says in verse number 7. That the Son of Man must be delivered in the hands of sinful men and be crucified. And notice this, and the third day rise again. When we remember the resurrection, we ought to remember this morning the exact time that Jesus didn't just get up out of the grave, but He got up at the appointed time that God had appointed for Him. Jesus got up at the exact time that He said He would. You know, that within itself proves that Christ had the ability to lay His life down and take it up again as He said. Because Jesus didn't get up on the first day. He didn't get up on the second day. He didn't get up on the fourth day. But He got up on the third day. Is that not what He said over and over again? That How that He must, he must rise on the third day. Jesus pinpointed the time, the exact time that He would get up. He told them when He was going to get up. He let them know that this will be the time that, that I'm going to come out of the grave. That proved that He was still in complete control. Even though it looked like things were out of control, Jesus was in control of everything. He was in control of, uh, of the cross. He was in control of the resurrection. God was never, uh, listen, He was never wondering what He was going to do. Calvary was not an accident nor an afterthought in the mind of God, but Calvary was a divine appointment. Just as Calvary was a divine appointment, the resurrection was a divine appointment. And when we think about and we remember the resurrection this morning, one of the things we have to remember is the exact time, that God's always on time, that He's always in control. Now think about this this morning. If God was in control of this exact time and if God was in control of the circumstances surrounding the cross and surrounding the tomb, don't you think God is still in control of this exact time where we're at today? Don't you think God is in control of the circumstances that's taking place around us? Although you and I may have a lot of questions and we may have perplexity and we may wonder why is this happening in our nation and wondering what is happening in our nation. There's some things that we understand and there's some things we don't understand right now. But there's one thing we can remember on Resurrection Sunday, on this Easter Sunday, that no matter what the circumstances are, even though we may not be congregating together uh, in, in a sanctuary and coming together, uh, we never thought this day would happen. But there's one thing that we can remember and we can rest assured in, uh, sure of this morning is that God is in control and that God knows the, the circumstances taking place and that at the this is the exact time that God has appointed for you and I. I don't want to get sidetracked, uh, but I do want to stop and say this. So many people are trying to figure everything out. What's real and what's not real? Can I tell you what's real this morning? The resurrection's real. Can I tell you what 
is a, a divine appointment. Divine appointment is that he got up on that day. Can I tell you what you and I ought to rest in this morning? Not what's happening around us. But we ought to rest in the fact that what is taking place, God has allowed this. And God has set the stage. And you and I as Christians, we just need to be patient. And we need to walk in faith and we need to trust God. And we don't need to, we don't need to be rattled or shaken by the day that we're living in. I think American people do not know uh, much about patience at all today. But I'll tell you, when you're walking in the light of the Word of God and you're walking in the light of the fact that He's in full control of all things, even our situation today, if He can control the tomb and if He can control Calvary, He can control what's happening around our country today. If you're walking in light of that, it gives you such rest and such peace and such assurance that my hope today, it never has been in man. It's always been in God. And as we remember the resurrection, remember the exact time. Jesus did what He said He would do when he said it, when, when, at the exact time that he said he would. And can I tell you, God's still in control today. He's always on time in all of our life. And I want to encourage you this morning on this Easter Sunday, remember the resurrection. Remember, you say, preacher, that's what we're doing. We're celebrating. Yes, but remember his words. Notice verse 8 again. And they remembered his words. In a time of uncertainty, if you want victory in your life, quit looking at the words of man Quit listening to the words of man and just remember the Word of God. There's such peace, there's such comfort in knowing that what God said will come to pass just as God said it would. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we want to thank You this morning for the empty tomb. We want to thank You for the exciting truth that not only is the tomb empty, but that You've risen from the dead. And We want to thank You for the extra teaching, how that we can go to to passage after passage in the Word of God And we find promise after promise that you're alive. And we want to thank you for the extreme torture of Calvary. Thank you for the agony, the suffering that you bore our crown and took our sin and took our shame and carried our cross and purchased our salvation. Thank you for that this morning, the extreme torture. And God, this morning we we want to remember and we want to thank you. Lord, we want to remember and thank you this morning for the exact time that you got up exactly when you said you would. And God, that you're always on time, that you're always in control. And I pray that you will bless us today on this Easter Sunday as we remember the resurrection and as we thank you, God, for our salvation. God, I pray that you'll help us today just to live by faith. And Lord, we we, we ask all these things in our risen Savior's name. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we do pray. Amen.